0: Welcome to the podcast, Leadership is the Conversation, a discussion with today's top business leaders on topics to keep busy professionals informed. Today we have in the studio Ron Kripe, Tom Meyer, and Tyler Marker, Director of Marketing and Professional Development at Zudan Management Group, and I'm your host, Rick Ainsworth. Join us today as we continue part two of our conversation with Tyler on the future of professional development in a hybrid workplace. A lot of the information is pointing to a perceived disadvantage for remote workers in accessing development programs as compared to those who are co-located in a building. Therefore, Tom and Tyler, I think what they're saying is that to solve this equality problem between the co-located and the remote workers is that we should do all training online.
1: If the presumption is that in order to level the playing field, we have to offer everything online, um, then I think you have unskilled facilitators that do not know how to thread the needle. Tyler and I have been involved in a couple of projects where we've been truly hybrid, where we've had some folks from some other geographic location, and we've had people in the room, and I know how to manage that. And yeah, do we have to work a little harder? Absolutely. Do we have to maintain sightline awareness of people that are joining from some geographically separated place? Absolutely. Do you need to turn to the camera occasionally and say, where are you on this topic? We don't want to forget you're out there. What would you weigh in with? Absolutely. You have to be skilled to do it. Absolutely. I think in order to be a
2: successful facilitator in a hybrid or, or even just pure virtual environment, having a tech backup individual running the back end, one of the approaches that we took when I was working with Tom at IAA was that I would manage the back end, putting them into breakout rooms, managing the chat function to Tom and any Q&As to Tom so that yep. his focus, which is why he was there, was to deliver that content in the effective way that he knows how. If he is having to constantly watch the chat, if he is constantly (laughs) having to use the breakout functionality and facilitate that technical piece of it, it's far less cohesive. It's broken up. You have to pause in his thoughts, uh, and it's not as impactful of a delivery.
0: Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate with you guys because... Basically, what you're telling me is that the advocates of the all online development are correct. If you do the online correctly and are very intentional about bringing people in and getting them involved, they're going to get that rich experience as if they had been in the room. So those people are correct that we should go all online, but be very intentional about how we present it.
1: It really is about autonomy, and it's about giving people choice. Mm -hmm. There is a different kind of experience when even the online participants see people live in a room. It's a different kind of thing. I think what people are telling us post-pandemic is, I just want the choice. If I learn Mm -hmm. better by traveling to a location and sitting in a room with other people and, and physically interacting with the facilitator, then I want the choice to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and if I really don't want that travel time, or I want to be able to join in and have some flexibility around that, then I want the opportunity to do that as well. So I don't know that I think we're confirming the presupposition of the folks that are saying only online. I think you have to manage a hybrid environment very differently and to that point too tom
2: i believe it was jay turner research that put out a um, generational study on gen z the oldest members of gen z are entering the workforce mm-hmm. as a generation as a whole are screen fatigued they have grown up their entire life in front of a screen yeah this is the generation that when they were a child and a toddler and and mom and dad because they were so busy needed a break from the kid they gave him an ipad yeah, This child knew how to work an iPad at three years old. My brother, 15 years old. He is Gen Z. He had a smartphone since the time he was 10. Yeah. And everything they have seen, even in their school system, is so much of it is, is by that. on a screen. So they are experiencing that screen fatigue. And they prefer... In terms of communication, we all thought, oh, they would want text. Mm -mm. No, they want a phone call or they want to go meet in person and socialize. Now that that generation is coming into the workforce, there's not going to be ever a time when that in-person component, especially with the upcoming generation demanding it, Mm -hmm. in-person professional development is not still going to be a very crucial and key component
1: the Gen Z that you're talking about, the other thing that they're telling us, and they're very loud and clear about it in a lot of the research is, I am starved for feedback. I want you to sit down and talk to me about my results. I want you to sit down and tell me where there are areas of improvement needed and you know don't sugarcoat it, don't dance around it, just have a conversation with me. So anything that is in that bucket of relationship orientation, you can't log on right and think that that's going to be an effective strategy. It's just not.
2: Well, and, and Tom, one of the things that you and I have talked about that defines a strong leader is someone who sets very clear expectations and metrics of success. How are we going to measure our outcomes and determine whether they are successful or if they need improvement? There's never a failure. There's always a learning opportunity. (laughs) There have been a lot of studies on Gen Z in particular, and even millennials, my generation, we were the start of the everybody wins. Everybody Mm. gets a medal. And we we don't know what success looks like Mm -hmm. because we got the same trophy that the winner did. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of studies out there that are showing that is having a huge detriment impact in terms of this generation in a workplace or any really interpersonal relationships, uh, hobbies. Are they being successful? Did they earn this? Are they doing this correctly? So in professional development, especially with your millennials and your Gen Zs, You're going to need to have a clear definition of expectations, a clear definition of how success is measured and when it's determined and when we need to make improvements Mm -hmm. because they are not getting that feedback. And it's also that mentality of everyone wins is also deterring your high performers.
0: So what I just heard Tyler say was that people want autonomy and the choice to access their development in a manner that best works for them. And it's really, it's that choice that is important to offer. Also, which I think is a huge point, is our younger generations, some who have experienced screen fatigue growing up, are opting for in-person development and asking for that face-to-face feedback on how they are doing at work. So, Tom, what are your thoughts on this?
1: So, any leadership and management development session that hovers into that bucket of relationship orientation and every version of what we do here at Equus is always centered around how do I set expectations for my folks? How do I inspire them to achieve those results? And how do I hold them accountable when they don't?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All relationship conversations, right? Because most of the influence that we have is through the relationship. It's not necessarily through the title. I mean, y- yes, you can have, you can have impact through the title, but it's not the best way to do it. No, it's not respected. You have to add the respect to that
2: title. And Tom, um, as the intro said here, I've recently started my role with sedan management group, uh, based out of Indianapolis. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. As their director of marketing and now uh, professional development as well. I was very conscious in coming to you Tom about this is a new arena for me. This is this is a new role, a new company, completely new culture. You and I were very conscious in how I approach my onboarding and my own internal working relationships with these individuals because part of that downfall of my predecessors was their inability to establish that relationship and get that buy-in from senior roles within the company that have been there, you know, a few of them since day one, you know, they have Mm -hmm. been with this company since its foundation and that is to be respected. That is to be admired and, but also to really take stock in what they have to say. As soon as I heard that to get buy-in, Tom and I have talked, you need to inquire and form a relationship. And Mm -hmm. that's part of that four box model that Tom really hits home in the sound leadership series that he and I have worked on. And very contrary to my personality, I didn't propose a single <laughs> You did well, solution. Grasshopper. <laughs> I didn't propose a single solution. Yep. I did not propose a single idea. I simply observed, asked questions, gave yep. them the opportunity to ask me questions, uh, to get my credibility and my right. background so they learned to trust me. And now, five months into this role, they are coming to me with Tyler. Do you have a resource for this? Do you have a connection with this group? We'd really like to be with them. What's your thoughts? Can you help me with this? Anything marketing related or professional development related, go to Tyler. I've been seen as that resource. And that is really thanks to that four box model, Tom. And if you want to expand on that.
1: Really, again, very simple, straightforward. Build a relationship first. That's box number one. Ask the right questions. That's box number two. Provide really good direction, that's box number three, and inspire people to achieve more and empower them, that's box number four. And nine times out of 10, when people walk into a new role or inherit a new team or attempt to lead people, they start with box three. I'm going to go in and tell them my plan. I'm going (laughs) to go in and, you know, provide direction. And you haven't navigated the first two boxes of, you know, you've got to build the relationship and earn enough relationship street cred Mm -hmm. to be able to ask questions so that you really understand someone's world before you go to that box, that box three, that third box of, okay, now I can tell you what I think I would do in this situation. That's a model we use here. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a model I've used for years in consulting. It's powerful. I don't ask, I don't tell my clients what they're going to do. I build the relationship and I ask a ton of questions. And (laughs) you get them
2: inquiring about your opinion because you haven't given one correct you make them curious about your input
1: yep and that adds weight that takes me back to a conversation and thinking we had years ago early in the consulting business the art of knowing when to shift that role mm-hmm. from yes. mm-hmm. listener into offering you know s- some solutions yep.
2: yes for me personally uh i asked immediately for 90 days And I said, you're not going to get a single proposal out of me. I'm going to simply shadow individuals, work with them. And during that whole time, I was drafting my proposal of what I was seeing, but not letting anybody into. And at 90 days, I proposed that. Um, And this was a multi-million dollar marketing overhaul and professional development overhaul of our company. And in a matter of hours, our CEO approved it. Mm -hmm. I took the time in person to build those relationships with my colleagues. And for them now to see me, someone so much their junior, as a real resource, a credible resource, that's because of those relationships that we've formed in person and the instruction and professional development, Tom, that you gave me in person. We discussed that strategy. We discussed this in person because you're very much developing me in a professional uh, arena, and it has all been in-person, and I get the most out of it.
0: Thank you, Tyler, Tom, Ron, for another interesting discussion. Please visit us at our website, www.equisconsulting.com. To learn more, and to leave your comments about today's discussion, join us next time for our third and final episode in this series with Tyler Marker of Zudan Management Group. All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants, and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.